Welcome to Women About Business, a weekly conversation where we focus on African women being about our business. I'm Kimberly Ofori, and join us as we dive into the world of noted entrepreneurs and learn more on how to start, run, and grow your business. This, this makes it right to hear me, right? Thank heavens. Um, good evening, everybody. Um, welcome to Women About Business. First, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Precious Nana Gold, who uh, gave us the mention about uh, the sound. Thank you for that. Uh, well noted. Uh, Women About Business is actually a show that I bring, uh, bring on home. And, you know, I bring on along <laughs> the, the, the software, you know, trying to manage everything. And it's a whole different story when I don't have producers me as I do every Sunday on my show, Africa Unfocused. Uh, good evening, Precious Nana Gold. Uh, I just want to welcome everybody to, uh, to Women About Business. Thank you for being with us and uh, tuning in um, today from wherever in the world that you are. Um, it is like slightly past 8 p.m. Uh, Amsterdam time, if I would say. And uh, every Tuesday, we bring our best to uh, bring a special segment of the show, a full hour, where we talk about women venturing in business, all of the stuff that relate uh, to our journey. Uh, alongside my co-host, uh, Kimberly Ofori, uh, who unfortunately couldn't be here today because she was on a business trip, but no worries. We've got things handled. Uh, next episode, of course, she'll be back to come and chit-chat with us as it relates to business today. Um, what is the topic of today? Hmm, good thinking. Um, you know, one of the things that we have talked about, uh, there are so many interviews come in. We've had, we've talked about finance. We've talked about scaling up succession plans, uh, women um, and um, imposter syndrome. We've had like all kinds of topics, right? But one of the major things that always relate to a question that we always ask, you know, what is your why? Um, has to do with authenticity. Um, and we felt like this time around, we have to bring aboard somebody that has had an incredible journey, international journey, and uh, knows about the business as it relates to being authentic. What does it mean to even be authentic? And that's really what we're going to talk about uh, today. In a bit, I'm going to get my uh, special guest, uh, Rosemary Dede, here on the show to talk about a few things. But before we get things started, uh, Women About Business introduced by myself. I'm your host, Miss Ava, normally alongside Kimberly Ofori, who uh, is on a business trip. And um, if you're on uh, listening on YouTube or Facebook, make sure that you spread the word, you share it on your timelines that Women About Business is actually taking place today and um, join the conversation because it's going to be super, super interesting. Uh, presented to you by High Radio, the voice of the next generation the radio station that offers a platform uh, from all kinds of people from African descent to share what really matters in our world. Um, so on, uh, let's get to it, right? Um, uh, this is a special guest that, you know, um, I know I've, I've met her before. I've been following her journey, a very interesting one uh, as well, because she is a lady that has a whole setup of international experience uh, and so much more. And she really knows the essence of uh, networking and connecting with people. 
ensuring that women really carry, um, uh, really know the core of what they are so that, you know, that could never be lost. And um, who we're talking to is, uh, we're talking about a business and how to grow in your authenticity. Uh, she is the founder of She Tribe and uh, She Tribe and Social and Wellness Entrepreneur. Uh, we're going to talk about how do you grow in an international working environment. Uh, she has founded this particular tribe that is ever growing, ever empowering, and so much more. And her having a background as a social and wellness entrepreneur, we're going to find out what social and uh, the social aspect and wellness really stands for. I think she's a serial entrepreneur. I think she's a multi-major networker. And I think she is a one lady to reckon with. Uh, so let me just get her on board so that we can get to talking and uh, start this conversation with Rosemary Day. Hello, Rosemary. How are you? Wow. <laughs> good evening. I'm fine. How are you? Good evening. I'm good. I'm good. Good to finally have you on the show. You have been like one of the uh one of the ladies like i've been spotting for like almost like over a year and i was like we need to get her on the show we need to get her on the show so i'm super excited to have you finally uh joining in today how has been your day great great first of all i'd like to thank you for having me i've been an avid follower of your work and i really want to congratulate you on the great work that you do so i'm super excited to be here today and, and share you. more about my journey <laughs> yeah thank you so um how has been this is something like this is such a current question that we ask everybody especially in this what highlight of 2020 how have you been how has the lockdown been treating you I think I've been one of the lucky ones I would say because um I've been able to continue to work um besides the work I do at she tribe I also have another yeah. full-time job and I've been lucky to keep my job in these uncertain times uh, be with my family, um, my my, my yeah. husband and my kids. And as you know, I'm currently expecting my third child. So I think I've been one of the lucky ones. <laughs> I cannot complain. Yeah. What an, what an exciting time. I saw uh, your announcement on, uh, on, you were sharing it with us, you know, obviously on your social media, um, giving us a small view in your, in your world. Uh, it must be an exciting time for you as well. Super mom. <laughs> <laughs> Very exciting. You would think that after, you know, this is my third child, but I think every pregnancy is different. Um, and, and yeah, different times call for different circumstances. So yeah, I'm super excited. I cannot wait to meet our little baby. Um, well, you know, I have, uh, obviously you're the, the faith behind uh, She Tribe, which is a ever-growing community and um, a lot of things actually that you do but for those uh, for those that might not know could you tell us um, in your own words who is Rosemary Dede and uh, who, who and what is she uh, about? Um, maybe to start I would just say first of all that I'm a mother as you know and I'm a, I'm a wife and I'm a sister to many. Um, I think sisterhood yeah. is very important to me so I've always wanted to connect with other women and I relate to, I see other women as my sisters, no matter what their background uh, or field is. And I'm someone that is passionate about working with women and also just passionate about bringing the best out in people. I think I'm a serial motivator. <laughs> I don't even know if that term exists. But if I meet someone and you have the Nowadays. bad luck, 
of telling me what you're passionate about, I will definitely make sure you do it. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Um, you know, um, one of the things that we always um, talk about with our guests is, you know, upon all that you do is, you know, aside from being a consultant, being a whatever, you know, a face of a whole community, we always ask um, our entrepreneurs, what is your why? And that is one thing that I find beautiful of what you're sharing is, hey, when I come in contact with somebody, you know, I always make sure they uh, discover who they are. And in some way or form, you make sure that you make an impact. How and when did you discover like this is what you're here for? Because it is so hard for many people. I think deep down, I've always known because I think when you think about what people come to you for in life, what most people, the, for the longest that I can remember, people always came to me for advice. So, so deep down, I guess those that knew me and didn't even know me for a long time thought yeah. that I would give them good advice and that mm -hmm. I would be objective enough to be able to tell them the truth and also push them. So I think deep down I always knew, but actually it hasn't been such a long time since I'm actually standing in my own truth as in, okay, this is what I'm called for and actually voicing it out to, to others. I may have known yeah. that in my head, but the voicing is what it's so hard for most people. We keep it a secret. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And at what point did you know, like, that was the voice that you had to listen to and follow? Like, what gave you a sense of direction uh, starting out? I think definitely motherhood played an important role. I think because from, and, and having a daughter, especially. So motherhood in general, my, my first child is a, is a boy. Um, but becoming a mother to a little girl made me, gave me some extra pressure to want to stand for something bigger than myself and for yeah. her to grow up and to be proud of me and to know that, hey, you know, um, it's important to find your passion early on in yeah. life and also to make an impact in other people's lives. And so gradually, I think it started from there, but it's mm -hmm. little by little and I'm still learning to, you know, to actually do that. Yeah, that, that's really beautiful. Um, so take us to back to your journey, you know, starting out professionally, um, you know, we speak to many uh, women and one thing I always say that's a super boss mode is ladies wearing many hats and you are one of them. <laughs> um, but could you take us back to that journey? Wh where did it start and uh, which professional, which hat, you know, did you start putting on first? Could you take us back a bit? Yeah, I think I will go way back to when I was a teenager, probably, because, you know, on your resume, these are not the things that you put down. But when you start out in your career, because you don't have a lot of experience, you do put down things you've done when you were younger. And I remember yeah. one of the first things that I put on when I first started working is my experience in, um, I um, co-created an organization bringing um, young people of color together, focused on Ghanaians, because I'm Ghanaian, as you know, um, yeah. helping the those born in the diaspora and those mm -hmm. who were brought from Africa together, because I felt like there was a disconnect between those of us, I would say, born here and yeah. those that were brought in at a later stage. There was really a real disconnect. People wouldn't really share with each other. So I thought, it would be nice to bring those two together so we can learn from one another. 
And that's where you already see the pattern, bringing people together, having them learn Mm -hmm. from one another in exchange. So that would that would be my first thing that I did in school. Mm -hmm. I went to college and studied for intercultural relations management. So there again, you see that the cultural aspect, the international, the intercultural thing is something that I was really interested in early on. And that took me to Berlin, where I did my internship in an international school. I think I've always been interested in being in international environments. I always felt like Belgium was too small for me. So deep down, even in Belgium, I always connected with people outside of my own community. I was lucky enough to be, or I am lucky enough to be a polyglot, which means that I don't have to stick to my own group of people because I speak other people's languages as well which opened the door for me, even as a Ghanaian, to be very active in the Francophone community and so on and so forth. And my first jobs, I think I've always been in sales uh, um, when I look at my past, so internal sales. And it's only when I moved to Ghana uh, in 2013 that I ventured into outside sales, as they say, so really business development. Um, where you're going to look for companies to, you know, to buy whatever you have to sell, either product yeah. or service. And I realized that I was really good at that. Um, and I also enjoyed, you know, representing a brand or a company. And I took yeah. it as my own, which mm-hmm. took me back to Belgium, where um, I've been working for Booking.com for a couple of years now as an account manager. So it, it's still a sales position. I handle... Yeah. Um, portfolios, the um, properties in Belgium, um, the French part of Belgium, but I also look for properties to join, which was in the beginning, as you know, booking is quite a big engine. So almost everyone booking already. So there's no, not a lot of business development to be done on my side. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the professional journey And then I think in 2018 is where I decided that, hey, I'd like to create this community that I'm missing myself as a woman. And that's what led me to She Tribe and creating that community and and doing Mm -hmm. more of that work. Um, Yeah. Yeah. In short, that's how I would say. (laughs) I love that. Oh, my gosh. because I, I remember this, um, I think I did, the time I met you was just before you were going to, to go to Ghana and, uh, and, and work there. Uh, and I remember you also, you know, taking people along in your journey. Uh, you were sharing it on, uh, on YouTube. Could you, could you take us uh, back there? Like, how did that step to, you know, uh, let's just say a relatively new environment? Obviously, it's not entirely new because it's where you're from but then again as it relates to business it's a whole different thing um could you take us back to that place what made you decide decide to um, go out of your comfort zone again and um and and also open up to share your experiences with uh with the world because it also relates to your mission of you know the afropean the connecting the cultures Could could you share a bit about that I think, um, as I said very very early on, I've always wanted to be outside of what my cultural um, norm was would be. So either language barriers, I've always tried to be outside of whatever, remove all barriers. And so I always had this travel bug and I always wanted to travel. When I moved to Berlin, the idea was to stay there. Um, I 
I ended up staying for less than a year. But when yeah. the travel bug hit me again and I really wanted to travel, it became Ghana was the obvious choice because my brother had relocated from the U.S. to Ghana. And now I had someone I knew who was in Ghana as well. Mind you that I had only been once to Ghana before, before my move. So I went to Ghana for the first time in 2009. So for me, this was pretty new. Uh, I was not like most Ghanaians who would be going there on holiday every year since they were kids. I had only yeah. been there once uh, before my move. Wow. And I just felt like, you know what? Life is short. I would really love to live in Ghana and, and work there and experience working there. And I think I was, uh, I was thinking that most people would declare me for crazy, like at work, that it wouldn't be so smooth that my yeah. friends and family would think out crazy. So they would probably change my mind, but that didn't happen. Yeah. When I actually shared the news at work, my HR, um, the, the HR, head of HR was super excited for me. She was in her fifties mm -hmm. and she said, oh my God, I wish I was your age. I wish I was not married. I wish I did not have kids because I would have taken this on immediately. And she said, "Yeah, go and, and I'll make sure that you, you, you're, you, know, you don't have to stay too long. You can go as quickly as possible. Know that you always have a job here waiting for you. We're rooting for you and I wish you all the best. So that was one first yeah. barrier that I was hoping that would put itself in front of me that didn't. So I was like, oh, yeah. okay, so wow. And then I told my mother, also kind of hoping that she would think I was crazy. And she said, oh, that's great. I actually do see you doing that. I wish you all the best. So then this became a reality, like, okay, everyone seems to be rooting for me, so why not? And in six yeah. weeks, I packed up my bags and left. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was like very fast. Uh, I left for what I thought was going to be a year. And I think six to eight months after being there, I realized that this is a place, this was a place I wanted to stay for longer. Um, and I ended up staying for three years. <laughs> okay <laughs> just doing that wow I um um well th this is this is an example of you know just taking that leap um, exactly. I yeah just going for it and you know really follow following that urge that you have and uh and all of that so just to refresh my memory again what what type of job uh, position or what 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 were you doing there um uh, there professionally? So at first, when I arrived, so I was lucky enough to have an occupation immediately as I landed. So I think I arrived towards the end of October and by 2nd of November. So around this time, I was starting my first job. So I didn't have time to just be a tourist. I was thrown immediately into it. And what had happened is my brother moved from the States for his job in IT, yeah. had opened up a restaurant, a hospitality place. I was looking for someone to manage it. Um, and because he couldn't be there all the time, needed someone who was um, quite at ease in hospitality and also mm -hmm. customer service and someone who had lived abroad because most of the uh, clients there were, you know, expats or returnees or um, right. just lived abroad. And so when he said, oh, well, if you're thinking about Ghana, why not come and work, you know, with me or yeah. for me? Um, and I thought, yeah, he said, you know, just do this and help me out until I find someone else. If you like it, then you could do keep doing it. If you don't, then 
you help me out and you can find something else later. So yeah. that's what I did for the first almost year after being in Ghana. Um, but I realized yeah. pretty soon that hospitality is a hard word. Um, I was working 14 hours a day, one Tell day off. It. I know. <laughs> Um, and in Ghana, the, the work mentality, I would say, is different to what I was used to. So I, was, I had a staff, you know, that I had to train, uh, went from waiters to kitchen staff, uh, suppliers, because I was dealing yeah. with food and beverages, beverage, yeah. and so other things, so everything at once. And it was a learning curve for me and very long hours. And I realized that this was not um, for me, I enjoyed it very much, and uh, and I networked a lot right. because those people I met in Ghana that made my stay easier was through that first job, and yeah. um, my second job, which was the one I did for the longest part time that I was there, was in uh, marketing and advertising um, yeah. as a business developer and um, account manager. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, then the three years were, 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 you know, done. And then you came back. Uh, could you share a bit about you coming back? Uh, when was that, you know, how was that switch for you? Was it, was it another type of work that you were doing? Um, and I, I remember from your story, that's when she drive came along, right? When you came exactly. back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not immediately after, but um, a couple of years after that. So I moved back initially it was supposed to be just for the delivery. So I was pregnant at the time and we had planned, my husband and I, to come and have the delivery here like many Ghanaians do. Most people just travel yeah. back to wherever they came from, either the US or the UK. Um, for me, sure. Belgium was home. So I came to Belgium. This is where my mom um, yeah. also is. Um, so initially we hadn't planned to stay for this long, but turned mm -hmm. out that we were here, you know, Things just, yeah. time just passed and we realized, okay, we have to decide. So I yeah. think, and, and that transition was really hard for me. And I think my husband, if if he were here, he would definitely say, yeah, that was really hard for her. Because yeah. when I left and 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 decided to stay in Ghana, it I had no plans of ever coming back to live in Belgium, ever. Like it was right. not in plans. Uh, yeah. And so for me, coming back to Belgium felt like a step back. For me, it wow. really felt like a step down. Uh, and I know yeah. that for a lot of people, not going to Africa or not going home, for them is a step back. They feel like if I leave Europe or the US or the UK to go to Ghana or to Nigeria, it's a step down. My experience there was completely different. And so for me, coming back to Belgium was a step down. And it was really difficult to um, make peace with that. Also because my life had completely changed when I left here. I was not a mother. I was um, I was not married. And now all of a sudden I was married and a mother. <laughs> so it came with different types of um, adaptation, I would say, which I was not used yeah. to. Um, so I think the transition was really hard um, for me because it was a lot of things at once. Um, and I had to find my place again. And I think that's where She Tribe came, where I felt like, okay, how can I serve where I'm at? And I think yeah. by asking myself that question, that brought me peace and finding something that I could do that I could still do from here. And I think, as you said, when I lived in Ghana, I shared a lot about my journey in Ghana through YouTube. And when I came here, I just couldn't bring myself to do YouTube anymore because I felt like a fraud. 
uh, I felt like, How well, that? your whole journey is about promoting returning to Ghana. So what are you doing here? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's how I'm like, what am I going to say to people? Uh, yeah. I'm still here, you know? <laughs> so yeah. what do I say? So I felt really, it was really hard for me to kind of make that switch until yeah. I realized, and I asked myself that question, how can you serve where you're at? And I realized, mm -hmm. well, there are a lot of women here that need me for what yeah. I, you know, for, that need me to share what I know and 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 all that, you know, experience and passion or whatever to get them to maybe make that move or do something else. And that's where it started. I think finding my purpose, again, linking to Belgium. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Love it. So in the meantime, for uh, for those of you who just tuned in, uh, this is Women About Business, presented by myself and uh, Kimberly Ofori, who had to be on a business trip. Um, next week, she'll be back, I promise. At, at Women About Business, here is where we discuss uh, the journey of, of business of women. And, uh, you know, what is that next step? What keeps us focused? And, of course, our why. Why we are here and why are we driving the change uh, that we are? In the meantime, for those of you who tuned in on our social platforms, especially on Facebook, I just want to give a shout out. You just have you just have fans, uh, Rosemary. You had uh, Anna Anna Sebastio who said, "Nuwa je ook verantwoordelijk voor anderen dan enkel voor jezelf," which means uh, you know she is uh, she was responsible for other people and not herself. Shout out to you, uh, Anna Sebastio. Uh, also, shout out to uh, Joke Buschaert. Je uh, straalt, Rose, voor je mooi werk. Thank you, Joke. Thank you for showing so much love. And uh, then also we have Nena Ama who says, uh, congratulations, uh, my sister. And they are referring to, you know, uh, you announcing your pregnancy. And uh, of course, also shout out to, um, well, Anna Sebastio also said, congratulations. And uh, Marquette Broussard, who says, um, greetings, Mala, Chimey, and from Portugal, you heard it here first. Um, she's given a shout out. That's all I know. <laughs> well, shout out to, uh, <laughs> shout out to uh, Marquette. Uh, of course, if you are listening and you just tuned in, you happen to stumble upon us on Facebook or on YouTube or on the high radio uh, streaming platform, if you care to interact with us, um, make sure that you drop a comment, a shout out. And if you have questions to this uh, a wonderful uh, you know, entrepreneur that we have here, because we're talking about growing in your authenticity because she knows all about it, make sure that you drop it in the, in the comments. Spread the word uh, because uh, now we're live and later on you have to find Rosemary, you have to send her an email for questions and all of that. You could just ask it right now. And uh, then we will be talking about that. So uh, women about business. Uh, Romy, uh, Rosemary, I just really love, uh, you know, your journey, being kind of a bi-coastal, international, you know, lady, having traveled around. And um, uh, at some point, you even thought you were fraud. That's quite of a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I love it because in your journey, you know, you were um, kind of promoting, returning, um, obviously, you know, you had to come back. That is what happens in life. Uh, then she tribe uh, started. One thing that I really want to, to know, because it's, it's a women focused community. Um, you know, how did the idea of starting a women focused community come about? 
And uh, why was it specifically women that you wanted to serve in this particular manner? Mm -hmm. I think for me, it, it, it was pretty obvious, the, the choice. So I, was, uh, I grew up in a female household. So I was raised by a single mother. And, uh, and I lived with my younger sister and just my mother. So there was no man in the house. Um, and I only connected with my brother when, you know, at a later stage. So we did not live in the same yeah. household together. So it meant that my, my early life, or my, the majority of my life was just around women. And I think another moment where I found out the power of community and the power of sisterhood is um, again related to my uh, pregnancy and or just motherhood. I used to go to a mother group um, here in Belgium um, where um, new mothers would come once a week and bring their babies and just chit chat with other women about how they're feeling and how the baby's doing. And I found that to be very therapeutic. Um, and there were women from all walks of life. Um, women who stayed at home, married to expats, you know, um, doctors, lawyers, different types of women. I was the only woman of color there, but that's obvious because <laughs> it's a minority group in Belgium. So everywhere you go, you're most likely the only woman and the only yeah. black woman. But I felt that I had so much, you know, that community helped me so much. Uh, and when I look at myself in my life, every time I had questions or um, anything, I would turn to communities online, whether um, Facebook groups. So I had been very active in Facebook groups for many years for my hair yeah. when I decided to go natural, for um, when I decided to move to Ghana. I think so. I realized the power of community and also the power of yeah. system that when you're with other women, there's just some things you cannot share and feel comfortable sharing with other men. I mean, with men in yeah. the room. And also because I was just not used to sharing two men because there was no men around me. Yeah. Um, and I just felt comfortable, I think, serving that audience. And when I found out that community is so important and sisterhood and what it gave to me, I decided to give that back. Knowing alone to the context of motherhood, I knew how lonely new mothers could be. And in Ghana, you don't have that because you're always surrounded, but in the West, I think loneliness or solitude is 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 not underrated. I mean, it's not overrated. It it really is something real, especially in these times of lockdown. But even sure. before, um, if you become a new mother and your friends aren't mothers, it means that you're isolated because you cannot go anywhere with them. People don't invite you anymore. So I just wanted to create this place where virtually, no matter what stage of your life you were in, you could connect yeah. and relate to someone else and not feel like you were alone. Yeah. Yeah. And um, starting this community, um, what were some of the challenges, you know, uh, starting it on? Because now we see, you know, the products of it, an online platform. We see you popping up here and there online. Um, you have all these, you know, these particular um, activities, you know. How did you put together your, your points of services for these particular women? And what were some of the challenges, you know, starting uh, starting out She Tribe? I think one of the challenges, definitely, I think that's probably for every entrepreneur out there is because is that you have to do it alone. When you, when you start, you're alone <laughs> for yeah. a very long time and you don't yeah. have a, um, a soundboard. Like there, if most people, I would say, don't have 
friends or family members who get them at that level that they're doing whatever it is they're doing. They may support you and say, yay, good girl or good boy, but they're not really going to ad advise you or they're most not most likely they're not going to buy from you even. And this was not my first business or organization. I've had a business before uh, in fashion for six years with my cousin. And so I had learned already that you should not rely on family or friends to push your business forward. And it's not because yeah. they're mean or they don't care or they're jealous or whatever. It's just because they don't see it like that. Um, yeah. You're never king in your own home or whatever they say. So mm -hmm. I realized pretty soon it was okay if I didn't have the support that I needed close by. I had to look for it. So I think that was the hardest thing, having to do yeah. everything alone and not having a community that, you know, of like-minded entrepreneurs who were struggling and starting up and could share advice with. And I guess that's yeah. why I also created it because I couldn't get it and I had to figure things on my own or pay people. So I wanted to give that platform so that those yeah. who were was thinking about it starting whether it's business or something else that they could yeah. have access to that so some of these challenges i i am sure that a lot of uh, our uh, entrepreneurial women that are listening can identify with that you know uh starting out finding your team um starting your tribe <laughs> let me just put it that way uh how did you deal with that challenge like what uh, how did you overcome that hurdle I think I learned, luckily for me, so I'm, if you do, I'm, I'm a big fan of personality tests um, yeah. and all these things. And I'm actually a little bit in the middle for most of those tests. So I'm an extroverted introvert. <laughs> right. So very sociable and I can, you know, I can yeah. network and I can spend a whole evening talking to a lot of people, but I recharge by, you know, going inwards and I need to be alone and read my book and be somewhere in solitude but because yeah. I can channel my um, extroverted side and networking side that helped me because I'm not afraid of reaching out to people so yeah how I overcame it is I joined lots of groups like I've always done but this time on another level uh, Facebook groups obviously that's something I've been doing since I was younger but now I paid okay. in certain groups so I paid for coaching I paid for um, courses so that I would be in the same room with people who definitely have the same objectives and aims and yeah. where we could definitely exchange amongst ourselves and yeah. with the experts or coach. So I got training and I yeah. created a community that I didn't have by paying to be part of that community. So I joined business clubs. I, um, yeah, I did all of the things that mm -hmm. were advised to do, but don't necessarily feel like they should. Yeah. And one thing that I love is that you, you chose to invest in it. You know, you put the coins down to, yes. to access the type of knowledge that you didn't have to, to you to drive you on your way. Um, how did you know, like, which ones to pay for? Like, where, how do you recognize where to put your value in? I think um, one thing is you can never know. So I have had purchases where I thought, well, that was a waste of money. <laughs> I don't have that price, by the way. And, and yeah. I think if I'm honest with myself, it wasn't a total waste of money. There's, there was always a learning in it. Um, but I think that you need to look at what is important for you. So for me, authenticity is very important and, and um, 
I need to be able to relate to that per- person somehow. So, you know, yeah. you need to know what is important to you. And for mm-hmm. me, when I was honest with myself that authenticity and relatability was important, it meant yeah. that I only looked for coaches that in a way kind of looked like me, uh, did were doing something similar to what I either were, am doing or wanted to do, but a lot, yeah. you know, a lot of steps ahead. Um, mm-hmm. And also you get better at choosing your coaches the more you invest. So that's, yeah. it's like a skill almost. <laughs> the first time you're like, yeah. mm. and some, you know, I've, some investments that I've done were so good that after the first product, I bought the second product and you just climb with them. You yeah. know, you buy the cheapest product and then you end up buying their thousands of dollars of worth of products sure. after. Yeah. Sure. So it's a lot of uh, finding your way out, you know, trying out, you will meet some type of failures uh, along the way and uh, really going for uh, what you're looking after and, you know, trying. That's really what, yeah. uh, what, what, it, uh, what it means. And uh, a lot of our listeners can uh, really identify what you're saying. Uh, shout out to Marquette Poussard, who says, um, uh, you know, uh, definitely, uh, I love finding your tribe. It takes a village to help you grow and mature with your business. Um, definitely agree, right? What do you think about that, uh, Rosemary? Definitely. I think for me, these are the, I think, the things that I also preach in in, in She Tribe is that you're, they say your network is your net worth, but you know your that's true. So your tribe is essential, and not your tribe just as in oh I'm in Facebook groups and stuff like that. But the type that you uh, purposefully choose out. So I'm very particular about that. I mean, even in your close friends, like who are your friends? Like who are the people you hang out with? Because as I say, yeah. five people that you hang out the most with, you know, are a reflection of who you are. So yeah. if you are the only entrepreneur in your group and you have almost nothing in common with them, you will always feel as if either they're dragging you down or you're pulling them and they're holding you back. So I yeah. think that even in our personal lives, we need to be very particular about the type of people we surround ourselves with and also yeah. understand the dynamics of our relationship. It doesn't mean that you've known someone for a lifetime, therefore, they have to be in your close group of circle of friends. And people yeah. I have difficulty um, redefining their environment, their group of friends or family. I mean, you cannot tell family, I'm, you're, you're no longer my family, but you can decide how close you're with certain people in your family. In your close circle. And then afterwards, yeah, definitely professionally, you need to handpick the people that, you, you want to associate yourself with based again on what you need. And it's not an opportunistic kind of um, selection where you're like, oh, I'm just going to hang out with these people so I can get that. What can you also give? Yeah. You know, so it needs to be, uh, but it's an ever, it's always an evolving thing. Sometimes you can't find them. So you have to pay to be in groups where you know they are. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I do at least. And that has worked for me very well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, for those of you who tuned in, uh, welcome to Women About Business. Uh, I am here with uh, Rosemary Dede, who is a, a serial entrepreneur, has founded uh, one of the uh, powerful community that she's founded, the She Tribe. And uh, we are talking about um, growing in your authenticity. 
Um, normally, you know, I reserve the last 10 minutes for questions and things, but I'm, I'm observing some comments that I just cannot help but, uh, but share in this. Uh, one is from uh, Anna Sebastio, who says, uh, What I sometimes find is kiezen where I nodig have and what nodig is. Twee verschillende dingen, er is zoveel aanbod. And Anna is referring to that there are so many offers of trainings and stuff that you pay for to invest in yourself. But her challenge is choosing what I need. And before we go into that topic of really uh, finding your authenticity, um, could you share, Rosemary, um, could you like, give Anna a sense of advice, you know, mastering that part of choosing what she needs? Um, and, and, and knowing when she needs it. This is women about business. I think the connection has gone uh, off a little bit. You know, that is what happens because we're, uh, <laughs> we're online. Uh, anyway, this is uh, women about business and, uh, Rosemary will be back. I'm sure she'll be back in a few, in a few seconds, uh, to talk about, um, this burning question. We're talking about growing in your, uh, authenticity and as it relates to business, you've as a businesswoman, uh, uh, finding your place of, of growth, finding your place of uh, developing. And let me just get Rosemary back on and, uh, and, and see. Uh, we, we know the connection. It's, uh, it's, we know how that works. Uh, Rosemary, great to have you back. And um, one of the, the, well, the questions or remark uh, from Anna is um, what she finds difficult is to choose what she needs and when uh, when it is really necessary, and it re it, it goes back to you know that investing in yourself. Once you pay for something, you pay for knowledge or coaching or mm -hmm. something that could help you get that which you are missing in business. Um, what what piece of advice would you have for Anna? I think it's a bit of the uh, the internet connection. Uh, once she gets back on, I'm I am going to make um, sure that you uh, that you get that question answered. Rosemary, I think the connection was just uh, striking a bit. I think it's okay now. Could you go a bit back or actually to the beginning of your, your answer? Could you, could you share it with us again so that we could, you know, take some notes? Yeah. yeah. I really hope it stays stable for now. Um, yeah. You're, okay, you're still here. So I would say I t took myself as an example. I think a lot of it is a mindset thing. Most people are not willing to pay for knowledge. Because we feel like, oh, I could just Google this. Oh, I could just read this in a book. Uh, what you said, where you said, you know, it's sometimes hard to choose what I need. And um, uh, what is it? Varek Nodichap, so where you need it and what you need. Uh, there is so much to offer. Uh, one of the things that I definitely recommend, um, and this goes to so many entrepreneurs that we've engaged with here on the show, and also as it relates to my own journey, is to really, you know, um, uh, keep, keep a mark on uh, where you are as a businesswoman. And that also includes your, uh, your strengths. Um, also, you know, that point of where you want to be. Uh, Kimberly Ofori, who is my co-host uh, here on the show, she's a scale-up consultant. And she always, you know, connects with people that are, or connects with businesses that look for their next uh, level whether that is in business, whether that is uh, in their professional journey or, you know, as an entrepreneur and always aligning that with questions as to where do I want to be? Um, what is my next step? And what does it take for me to get there? 
And one of the things that you can assess is the strengths that you have, you know, as an entrepreneur and as an individual, as, um, as, as a professional uh, a woman, is uh, which, which strengths do you have? Which ones are you operating in? And which are some of the goals and plans that you're really reaching within your means? And what are the people, resources that you would need to get to that next step? And once you have that listed, it would be very easy for you to uh, identify what it is that you need. And uh, then there comes this next step of, okay, now I have to go and fetch it. Let me just try and get Rosemary on. I can see that the connection is, uh, is super. And um, oh yeah, there it is. Awesome. I, I am sure you can hear me loud and clear. <laughs> I can. So sorry about oh, that. Yeah. I'm connected to my 4G, so... <laughs> I be good. I've also asked my sister to tell everyone in this house to stop being all over the place. So they, <laughs> they, they need to leave the Wi-Fi alone. That's what they yeah. should. For sure, the kids, because they all want to watch the Peppa Pig and whatever. You know how it is. Oh, right, <laughs> right, right. Could could you could you take us back to your answer? Because I know sure. that a lot of um, the women are really, really, you know, wanting to grasp mm -hmm. that. Exactly. Yeah. I think as I was saying, my first advice would be it's a change of mindset. And that's the first thing that you need to look at. And I know that for all the coaching programs that I've followed, people always roll their eyes because every coach says that mindset and they're like, come, you just get to the juice. But mindset is the key. If you yeah. don't understand and believe that you need to spend money to get money, you will always think is expensive. And I think people need to realize that what we think is expensive today, we will laugh at tomorrow thinking, really, that was peanuts. So yeah. it's just the first step. Everything seems expensive the first time. And I think that's why mm -hmm. we're always second guessing and doubting. So the first step yeah. is to acknowledging and accepting that I will need to pay money if I want quality. That's yeah. one. And now figuring yeah. out which one to pay for, because indeed, I think, Anna, you're seeing there's a lot of things out there and sometimes you will make a wrong choice. It's first to be honest with what it is that you need and what it is that you are lacking. What gap do you have? When I yeah. look at myself, the first investment I made, first I decided in November 2019 that 2020 was going to be my year of investment. So I always plan my year ahead. And so I knew when I started 2020 that I was going to invest in some kind of coaching or program. And the first thing I invested in is a business group, like a business uh, membership, which meant that I was paying about 60 or 70 euros to be part of a business club, a female business club. Why did I do that is because I felt like, okay, I've heard a lot about business clubs and I don't know if it's all that, but if you don't try, you won't know. So to put myself out there and meet like-minded women and network with them, perhaps I should pay to be in that group of people. And so that's the first investment I did. Um, I, it wasn't my niche, but I met a lot of women and it gave me confidence that, hey, if they're doing this, I could do it too. The second investment I made that same month was another business group, but that one was virtual. And I'm still in that membership till today. The first one I ended after almost two years and actually took longer. I wanted to get out sooner, but I couldn't because of contracting um, right. because I wasn't getting what I needed from it. But I definitely think that it was a great step because it was the mindset for the first time I had understood that 
I had to pay something to be part of a group, whether I considered that I would get the most out of it or not. And so by doing that, for making that first step, it was easier for me to invest a second time in another group um, membership, this one being virtual. Yeah. And I've been in it for now almost three years and I love it. And I, I've just invested in their top tier program with them. So I think it's looking at what you need. And what I needed at that time is to be surrounded by like-minded women. Because when I looked around, none yeah. of my friends were doing business. None of my, my friends were creating things. None of my friends. Wow. So it was like, I cannot rely on my friends and the people I know to kind of motivate me when I'm down or keep me yeah. accountable or whatever it is. So I knew that I had to pay to be in a group where other women had also paid and therefore could push each other up. So look at what you need, where your gap is, but also the first step I said is mindset. Know that you will have to pay for something and be okay with that. So your first might be 50 euros a month, 20 euros a month, 100, 300, 500, depending on your budget. Decide that, okay, I'm going to commit to spend that amount of money. And I have a friend that said to me, I didn't know what to do. So every month from her salary, she took out 5% to put aside that she would use to invest in herself. So mm. after a quarter, she had enough to now look at the type of coaching programs or whatever that was out there and say, okay, for what I've saved, this is enough for me to get into this or that. Yeah. But people don't make a conscious choice, but when they're willing to buy shoes or hair or iPhones, they Google and watch YouTube reviews and blah 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 but when it comes to investing in your growth we're like oh we don't know there's so much out there but have you yeah. reached out to these people join their free programs if you don't know who to choose join their free programs people share content as you're sharing podcasts youtube uh, webinars books yeah. i mean books free but you know you could borrow so invest yeah. in their free program first see what you're getting out of it. Does it resonate with you? Then make yeah. the first step to pay. They're low tier program, mid tier, high, you know, high end programs. But my, one of my coaches used to say to me, exhaust the free options. <laughs> Just exhaust it and watch it over and yeah. over and over again until you're ready to pay for one of the programs out there. Um, and I've yeah. paid for programs where I didn't know anything about them because I've gotten better at it now. Like now I watch a, a, like an ad and I pay the money. Like I'm the type of person I pay for. Like, okay, I like this. I don't need right. to join a webinar. I don't need to join a mailing list. I don't need to be wooed. I know what I need and I know this person can get it to me. So I just pay. Yeah. Yeah. So now it it brings you into that place where you're able to recognize yeah. better of what, what you should put money down for. Yeah. yeah. I, I can definitely relate, uh, relate to that. And uh, one thing that I was also explaining is that it's also very good to um, often look at, you know, where you are in your business journey as um, constantly, uh, just like you mentioned with that uh, personality test, really knowing your strengths, and uh, knowing that which you need from another to empower you, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of business and uh, having somewhat uh, a, a list of what you would need to get to that next step as it relates to your business or your profession. Um, that would one give answer to what, what do I need to get to that next, you know, successful step? 
uh, and then you go out to to find it, connecting with people that you know might connect you to others that can give you the the right clues and information. Um, exactly. I I think, I think that is also a super super important. Um, before we're uh, you know going to round up, I really I really feel it's important to cover you know most of the questions that our ladies here are are asking. I'm super enjoying this uh, this engagement. Um, one of the things that I want to ask you before, uh, you know, we will go to our last question is staying authentic, you know, within, within business, um, you have traveled the world, you have worked in several environments. A lot of people find this challenging, um, especially when, um, um, you know, their journey in business brings them to, um, quite unexpected times, you know, sometimes, uh, just like COVID, you know, has brushed a lot of people's world into a whole, a whole uh, messed up situation. Um, where, where is that place that you found your authentic self and how do you wear this uh, in, in business and in the many things that you do? Because one thing is you have a community, you have a business and you also run a full-time job, which is also more super mom mode. Um, could you could you share with us how do you discover that how do you keep it and how do you treasure it? Um, I love that question and it's also one of the topics that um, led me to creating my coaching program, the Sankofa Journey, which is about matching your identity with your with your personality, yeah. with your lifestyle, with basically not yeah. having splits. Because a lot of people are like schizophrenic, like daytime they're this and nighttime they're that, and it's like whoa, yeah. you're the same person. So how can you bring those two or three or five hats closer to yeah. one another so that you don't have to switch from one to the other so that you can be yourself yeah. fully and authentically everywhere? And I think the, um, the way to do that is your why that you asked in the beginning of the show. Knowing why yeah. you do certain things, will what lights you up, you know? What is the bigger reason why you want to yeah. do what it is that you want to do? Because if you keep reminding yourself of that, you will make sure that in whatever role that you're playing, you can show more of that. And so for me, um, it's always been connect connection, you know, uh, making sure I connect with other people. <clears throat> Sorry. And also showing the best out of people, letting people, the impact that I leave on people, I hope, is that by interacting with me, they feel better about themselves and they feel like they can handle the world. And they feel like, I'm part of it, like I'm valid, I'm heard, I'm mm -hmm. seen. And so that is something that I do at, with the work that I do at She Tribe, but I do that at my day job as well, if we can call it like that. And by doing that, you get recognized for it. And so at Booking, besides the work that I do as a salesperson, I'm also very active in inclusion and diversity, which is not yeah. something you're paying me extra for. This is something that because of my personality, and my identity and the fact that I find passion and I care about making feel, people feel included and I care about diversity. I've been putting yeah. my at work doing that and I've been recognized um, early this year. Was it this year? <laughs> I can't remember with COVID. And I received an award from the company as being one of the people who work at Booking who, you know, you know, make sure that people feel included and uh, right. make sure yeah. that we have a diverse environment. So, mm -hmm. By doing that, when people see the work that I do at She Tribe, no one asks questions. For them, it's obvious. It's like, oh, 
she's this is not schizophrenic this is exactly who rose is so what you want to do is you want to be able to close the gap not everyone can leave their day job to whatever their passion or do their you know have their passion in what they do but we can all bring it together and closer together until one day it's it becomes one and so for me in the role that I every everything that I do I try to bring you know think about the why and what do I find important? How can I show more of myself in this? So if at work, you know, you're really, doesn't really matter what you do, but how can you bring more of yourself into it? Yeah. That's always, you know, how can you bring more of yourself into it? Yeah. And uh, one thing that I also love about, you know, your story is that it doesn't matter in which environment that you're in, doesn't matter what work position, you'll always do that, that relates to your why. You'll always be, you know, assuring that people are included, that there is a coherent team, that there is uh, a good balance in your environment. And exactly. that's really what I, what I love about what you're sharing. Very important. Uh, before we go on to uh, the last round of questions, uh, Marquette is uh, asking, what should you focus on in particular uh, to business groups? I think uh, it relates to that, uh, that question that one asked was there's so many, there's an offer of so many coachings and trainings and webinars mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. Um, could you give uh, Marquette a piece of advice which he should focus on? Yeah, I think um, it, it, it has to do a little bit with what, what you also said is that you need to know where the gap is. As I said earlier, I don't know if that was when I was muted or not. By knowing what it is that you need, you will be able to tell what kind of business groups you need to be part of. Because, for instance, in Belgium, there's lots of business groups. There's BNI, blah, blah, blah. But I chose yeah. a female business group that um, had a more holistic approach. Well, they yeah. said it was holistic, but what they meant by holistic is that most business groups focus on people who already have a business up and running and have a team yeah. and very corporate type kind of business. This business group that I joined and made women who were just making beads at home or baking cakes at home also feel like yeah. I can also join a business group and so they could yeah. learn from one another. So I chose that business group because it was female, because that's my field of expertise, because it was not corporate, because I did not want to join a corporate business. I, I mean, I have enough of that at my work. Yeah. I wanted something non-corporate um, and still... Um, open me up to a different kind of audience where we share similarities. So it's really up to you and what you're looking for. Uh, there's yeah. business specifically for a sector. Um, you yeah. know, I joined another um, business group. It was called Influencer, um, Influencer Business Program from Brendan Burchard. And that was specifically for people in the influence industry, not meaning you're doing selfies, but it's like people who have content online. People who are right. sharing stories online, how can you be more purposeful and what are the things that you need to know and who do you need to connect with in that field? So I joined that. That was very specific to that. Boss Babes, which is another business group um, that I'm part of, that's also, as the name said, it's for women who are bosses. But again, there they have a very diverse background of women. And what I liked about yeah. that is it's international. So the women in the group are from all works, walks of life all over the world. And yeah. I find it important to be in an international environment. So, yeah. you know, uh, and the three that I just mentioned, they're all business groups 
One is physical and was physically present in Belgium, which meant that they were 80% or 95% was white and corporate, even though it was not a corporate group. Um, But Belgium is not a very entrepreneurial country. So that's what the reality of things. And then the others. So basically what you're looking for, you can find the different groups. And sometimes it's trial and error. You'll just have to try one. You cannot know 100% for sure anything before you join. So you can ask yeah. for teasers, you can ask for a month. Sometimes they give a month for free. Instead of doing a yearly membership, do a quarterly membership or a monthly membership. Just try it out. Sure. I love that. I love that. On that note, I wish I could go on and on about, <laughs> um, you know, about uh, investing in yourself and uh, growing and all of that. But um You've, you've said so much. And um, I, I really think that even for me, you know, it has been such a, a beneficial uh, talk. Um, before we round up, could you share uh, where people could find you? Where could people follow you? Could they even get in touch with you, you know, with your busy life, mommy life, uh, and all of that? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So, um, well, we, ch- we could definitely check out uh, my website, which is www.shetribeconnect.com. So that's shetribe and then connect.com. And that's where you find everything there is to find about She Tribe, our retreats that we organize, our events. We have a membership as well, just like a lot of you were asking about that. How do you choose a group? Well, yeah. I have one such as that as well. You can follow me on my private Instagram page. So it's just uh, rosemary.dede, just my name. And She Tribe Connect yeah. is for the, um, the organization. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, feel free to DM me if you have any questions. I share on a bit more personal level also on YouTube. Um, so, and that's also under the same name. So to make it easy, I just use the same Rosemary. name. Everywhere Rosemary did I, it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to share the link so that people could get in touch with you and uh, get in touch with your story. And uh, I love it. I think today I saw one of your posts that you talked about uh, the herbs that every woman needs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of a lot of info that you know really speak to the mind and the heart of uh, just the core of of you know who women in business are. One of the a summit that I did, I was uh, talking to an um, uh, was an, a, a consultant, and he said, you know what, your business is only as strong as your mind is. You know, and I was like, oh, my gosh, yes, it's so true, because when my mind wasn't OK, when that, you know, that wellness, that positivity of me wasn't OK, my business wasn't OK. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very much so. Um, before we round up, um, Rosemary, what, what are your two major lessons uh, in business so far that you would like to share with others as in like a tip or a piece of advice for them? I think um one we've touched on already is your your network is your net worth meaning your tribe so be very specific with whom you surround yourself with um and that's just friends or people you don't actually pay for but just regular people you choose to be friends with and i know that as we're getting older it's harder to reach out to people and be friends but just just do it just reach out to people on facebook comment comment genuinely just find out about people and surround yourself with them and and pay also to just be surrounded by those people. And then the second one, which is somehow related, is also invest in coaching. So um, I know for me, it has helped me tremendously um, to invest, to actually find people 
who can help me either in group setting or one-on-one. -on -one. And because you keep learning about yourself. So um, if you don't have the money, start with the lower tier or just free content, but invest in your growth, YouTube, mm. podcast, everything. And one advice that one of my coach gave me, she said, sometimes roast free is even too expensive for some people. So ask yourself, is yeah. free too expensive for you? And what she means by that is that yeah. uh, sometimes you have webinars, podcasts, books that you even give to people. They will never read it. They will never watch the webinar. They will never listen to the podcast. And five years later, yeah. they will still ask you the same questions. How did you yeah. do it? And you're like, hello, <laughs> I just told you a hundred times. It's there. But you never yeah. people invest in themselves. So unless yeah. you change that mindset, you don't have a growth mindset, there's really nothing anyone can do for you. Yeah. So let's start with yourself. And <laughs> On that note, thank you very much, uh, Rosemary Dated, for your time. Yeah. And thanks for get, getting back uh, with us because I know uh, it's, when internet interrupts, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> so thank you for, uh, for getting back with us. And uh, hopefully, you know, in, in the forthcoming time, we can have you on to talk more about, you know, investing in yourself uh, and all of that. That would be super. Um, <laughs> we're going to follow up. And, you know, when the little one comes, um, I, I'll, I'll be asking you. I'm excited to uh, when uh, where, you know, when he or she comes so that we can celebrate that one with you. Definitely. So uh, thanks so much again. And um, we'll be keeping in touch and have a good night. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, well, that was, uh, that was such a good uh, session and also super interactive. Uh, I just want to give a shout-out before I leave, uh, just give a shout-out to a few of you. Uh, Precious Nana Gold, I just want to give a shout-out to you. who says, thank you for sharing this, Rosemary Dede. Well, I hope that in the background she can still hear um, also, a uh, shout out to Marquette Broussard. Uh, I'm loving your last name. Uh, thank you so much for interacting with us and also commenting. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to share your expertise with us. Uh, I appreciate your time and conversation, Rosemary. Hopefully, we can connect soon as a traveling journalist. That is super. And also, um, a shout out to uh, Anna Sebastio, who says, Thank you, Rosemary for the uh, elaborate um, um, comment. Um, I, I definitely gained something from this. Uh, I definitely don't have the fear to pay uh, and to invest in myself. Uh, it's just that the offer around is so big that I kind of feel lost. And uh, what fits with me is that um, uh, I'm, I'm figuring out what fits with me and I'm, I'm researching what eventually suits me the best. And I am going to go onward with your advice, Rosemary. So shout out to, uh, to her so much. This is very interesting. Also shout out to uh, Coco Nkwembi. Uh, shout out to you. And thanks for sticking with us on this uh, episode of uh, Women About Business. Uh, every week we are sure that we interact with uh, phenomenal women who are making an impact and you know how we can help you uh, increase your impact in a rightful way. Um, that, that is really what we are uh, about. Next week, we're going to come back with uh, a very interesting guest. We have a super, super guest lined up um, for you. 
uh, one that we've had, uh, you know, at the High Radio Studio, we've interacted with. Thank you for uh, listening to Women About so- Business. Join us every week on Thursdays on this podcasting platform. Do you want to catch us live? Join our show on High Radio on every Tuesday, 8 p.m. CET. Connect with us and join our discussions on Instagram or LinkedIn at Women About Business. And follow me, Miss Abba, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ms.aba.